0: Just know what you're gonna sell, how you're gonna sell it, who's gonna be doing what, and at the end of the day, how does this thing make money? Making sure that you can fundamentally answer those questions. It sounds silly, but a lot of operators don't necessarily answer that at a specific level.
1: Welcome to the Cast, the podcast for cannabis businesses looking to launch, grow, and scale their operations. Each week, we bring you interviews with industry experts and successful retailers. Plus, practical tips and strategies to help you succeed in the fast-growing cannabis industry.
2: Today on the show, I have a conversation with Zach Gordon. Zach Gordon is the VP of Accounting at Propeller Industries based out of New York. Zach and I talk about uh, everything from 280E, which is the conversation I have with a lot of accountants, CPA professionals, because... 280E and those tax codes are so important in any business. Following the right tax legislation is important, but especially in cannabis where your license is on the line if you don't do it properly. And so we talk about 280E, we talk about 471. We also talk about company culture and uh, really building a growth mindset into your day-to-day operations, which is going to translate into a fun place to work. You know, we kept going back to the theme of working in the funnest industry that's out there and uh, i really appreciated zach's authenticity his candor and willing to be as he put it a little corny and just say like you know what this is a fun industry this is a great place to be and we need to celebrate that and so i really hope you enjoy this conversation with zach gordon from propeller industries Zach Gordon is a CPA with over 15 years of professional experience across multiple industries and functions. He has extensive experience in financial statement compilations, reviews and audits, technology and financial framework implementations, deal and business structuring, due diligence, and business advisory services. He has advised clients in the crypto, cannabis, real estate, healthcare, nonprofit, fintech, media, and consumer goods sector. Zach currently serves as the VP of accounting for a portfolio of Propeller clients. Propeller Industries is a fractional CFO and accounting partner to companies that have outgrown bookkeeping but aren't yet able to support a full-time finance team. They offer a broad range of services ranging from CFO-level strategic planning to -to day-to-day transaction processing through their team of full-time CFOs and accountants. The firm serves 300-plus clients across a diverse portfolio of industries, including e-commerce, technology, food and beverage, manufacturing, business services, and cannabis. Well, Zach, welcome to the KaiCast podcast. It's amazing to have you on here, calling in all the way from New York. Right. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me a bit about your background. In your bio, you know, you've worked in all these different industries, but... Tell me a bit about your background and how did you get involved in cannabis?
0: So I've had what you would call a bit of a non-traditional career in that start from in public accounting, sort of the similar path that most in that industry go down, got to the point where I could stick around or jump to the other side of the table. And I made the jump. So wound up in private equity and and learned a ton on that side. And while I was there, I wound up uh, getting together with a few people and doing a little tech project on the side. And that project wound up scaling up and then very long and interesting story short, wound up in a WeWork and in the office next to mine was a retired Wall Street professional who was deploying capital into the space. And basically we put our heads together and started to figure out what, how do we properly invest into this industry? And this was back in 2016 where there wasn't uh, as nearly developed framework or even more specifically, network of opportunities as there is now. So long story short, wound up founding the Cannabis Committee for the New York State Society of CPAs. I sit on the AICPA committee and have been in the space ever since.
2: You've gone through all of this change in your career and now you're currently at Propeller Industries. So could you kind of give us an overview of the services you guys provide? Because it's pretty unique. I, I haven't heard of another company that that does this, especially in the cannabis industry. But what sort of services do you guys provide to your clients? We
0: are fractional or outsource CFOs, but it, but it's not just that simple because at the end of the day, we do want to represent that back office function. So we want to make sure that from a financial perspective and from an operational perspective, everything's covered. And that means something very different for not only every industry, but every business. And if you think about just cannabis as an individual industry. You go up and down the vertical the answers are very different and they even they vary on a state-by-state basis so understanding some of those nuances and and really helping to translate what is a very complex compliance and financial picture to something that makes sense to an operator is really our bread and butter and to nerd out that's i actually really enjoy doing that it's it's very difficult to get that narrative down and when we're able to do that and able to actually explain things in a way that makes sense You know, we've done our
2: jobs. How has the financial services industry in in the cannabis industry evolved in recent years? And how are you guys kind of adapting with those changes? I think if you're
0: listening and and you're interested in this industry as a whole, you know that taxes are a big, big deal. So making sure that not only are you dealing with the normal cash flow issues that can come up and making sure that, you know, you have the proper reserves in place but it's taking that next jump to make sure that you're planning for those taxes to be due. And it's not just the income tax, which is obviously a a bigger issue than it would be in any other industry, but it's also making the reserves for payroll tax, ensuring that sales tax is properly handled. There's a lot of nuances here above and beyond just a, a regular business in another industry. It's thinking about almost two different budgets or two different financial statements for all intents and purposes. So you have your actual operating budget, your cash flow, everything else. And then you have the net effect of 280E. And so looking at that before and after and and making sure that you're accounting for both sides of that, you know, potential there.
2: Well, what are some of the basics that most cannabis operators would need to know about 280E? That if you think there's a workaround, there's not. The risk is
0: way too high to think about some of these workarounds and some of these gimmicks that you can try to employ, they will be broken, they will be busted. And then you're in a much worse position than it. instead, you know, just playing by the, the rules, no matter how terrible they are right now and doing the best you can to ensure that your budgets are in place and that you're, you're safeguarding as best as possible. And I'll give you a great example. And I don't know why this is in vogue again. But several years ago, there was a, a little workaround where you would set up a management company and everything would be in the name of that company, all the employees, all, all the contracts, everything else. And then you would simply just be a, a, an outsourced service for the actual cannabis operating business. And then you would theoretically avoid 2 e that way. IRS, everyone else said, no, no, that, that, that's not going to fly. And for some reason, that's coming back around again, slightly different branding this time. But it's the same basic structure and you know for the
2: life of me i i I just i don't understand if someone's setting something up because i have i've spoken to people that like well this is our solution what what's kind of the implications of trying to get around the system like that
0: You're, you're trying to avoid paying tax which fundamentally i understand however there's significant risk in how you're doing it because there are tax court cases there's not a ton of them but there are ones that specifically state that you can't do this, that the, this type of structure is is not acceptable. So at the end of the day, it will get collapsed. And then not only will you have to pay the tax, but there's penalties, there's fines, and then there's potentially more severe repercussions that come with that. Not to mention, you know, your, your license could be at stake and that's that's a big deal. At the end of the day, that's the biggest asset you have.
2: What about at the state level? Like I'm, Again, it's so different from state to state, but what are some of the things on a state tax level that retailers should be aware of. Oh man, now we're getting to some interesting stuff. So
0: there are currently two states officially and a a couple more states coming that have decoupled from the internal revenue Code specifically for cannabis and specifically to ADE. So New York and California right now have said that they are decoupled, which means all those rules, all those issues that we just talked about no longer apply, but that's only for the state level if you're operating in either of those states is huge potentially because you're able to actually take those deductions at the state level and you know that there's a material effect there uh, New Jersey should be on the way I believe Massachusetts should be on the way as well and a few other states as well will eventually make that jump but that's a big deal one thing i was going to highlight though is the necessity for proper documentation what i mean by that is not only do you need to have your processes down that's just you know, the basics for getting your application done and going through the whole process of, of getting your license. But specifically for who, how you allocate cost of goods sold, because that's what really feeds into this whole issue around 280E. What can you deduct for tax purposes? What can't you, and coming up with a good definition for yourself of what costs of goods sold are. Now, if you're a dispensary, the general rule of thumb is it's inventory, but where it gets more interesting is. When you are a cultivator, when you are a manufacturer, it, it can get very interesting because now you're talking about potential personnel costs. So how is someone spending their time? And you know, if, if only I could think of a specific product or platform that could solve that particular issue.
2: Well, you know, there is a solution for that. Your people management software from Kaya push that kind of track some of that people management. I appreciate the shout-out. but
0: (laughs) that was just a nice natural transition. But joking aside, it, it is super important. And not only that you have that process documented and those allocation policies documented, but that you have the proof. And that's where a platform, like a certain one I can think of really does make the difference. And I do recommend to, to anyone out there who has a license, who is operating make sure that you do have time sheets in place that you do have these policies there and that you are tracking time. If you want to make sure that you're covering yourself when you are doing those
2: allocations, those time sheets are everything. Your guys' goal is to help people do what they love and that's that's like our vision at Kaya Push. And so most cannabis business owners don't love accounting. Like they don't know the numbers. They love the business, they love the plant. So what are some of those like big mistakes that you see a lot of cannabis operators run into, like whether it's misconceptions that they've heard from, you know, their cousin, Jeff, who (laughs) said, Oh yeah, you don't need to worry about 280 or whatever it is. Like what are some of those common things that you run into?
0: One of the biggest misconceptions or biggest areas of concern all goes back to taxes and not having enough in reserve to make sure that you can make those regular tax payments. Because there's areas where you get some flexibility. The government is not in that group. They need their taxes paid when they need their taxes paid. And that's where we want to make sure that there is this larger than normal cash reserve setup so that that's not a concern. So we want to make sure that from a tax planning perspective, we are uh, more conservative than less. So we want to make sure if it looks like, you know, maybe you're going to owe 450,000 in taxes. We're going to bump it up another 20% just to make sure that we're covered here. And you know what? End of the day, if it's still in the reserve at the end of the year, great. Then we'll we'll adjust and move forward. Those are a couple of areas where they are a really big deal. And then the other one, and again, this is an area where people management is a really big deal, still got to be in compliance with DOL, Department of Labor. You still have to be in compliance with sales tax, et cetera, et cetera. So all these areas of running
2: a traditional business still matter. Thinking of a dispensary as just a, it is a traditional business and I've I've heard you talk about growth mindset and building that into employees and company culture and whether that's, you know, any of the industries that you guys work with. But I'm I'm sure you probably see that a lot in cannabis as well. So maybe speak to that a little bit. Your kind of your your vision behind building a growth mindset into company culture cuz when I have spoke with you before, I, that was one of the things that really I took away was our conversation about that.
0: It's one of those really intangible things you just, while, while you can put a budget towards those sort of things and community building and really developing that, that brand, which is a very lofty goal and can be, again, a little intangible, it really makes a difference. And this is one of those rare industries where the crazier you get, the more fun it is. And end of the day, this industry is a lot of fun. You know, even if you're just uh, doing taxes or debits and credits, if you're just doing financials or if you're growing the plant or if you're selling the plant through a dispensary, you should be
1: having fun with
0: it. You know, there's all sorts of fun you can have with merge, all sorts of fun you can have with developing that unique culture.
1: The Kaya Cast is brought to you by KayaPush, the cannabis industry's go-to software for simplifying people management. Streamline your HR, payroll, compliance, and employee management with KayaPush.
2: So you're based out of New York. So let's talk a little bit about New York. What's kind of your outlook for the cannabis market in New York being, you know, local and and seeing what's happening on the ground?
0: So this this is where uh, it gets to be a little more difficult of a conversation. So, again, you would think it's New York. There's all this financial firepower. There's there's a large population. There's depending on which economic survey you you believe, there's somewhere between the three and four. 4 to 5 billion dollar market today pre legalization and it should be some manner of x percent of that porting over and then over time that that growing and growing so theoretically you can map it that way however there's a a lot of work to be done on the legislative framework there's a lot of work to be done on making sure that everyone has access to proper banking that there's an understandable framework not only again, from the compliance and and regulatory perspective, but just from a business and operational perspective. I know that New York made some very large promises as far as funding, as far as getting mentors set up, as far as getting that experience in place so that a lot of first-time business owners would have that support. And there's a a lot of work to be done there. That's where I think a lot of us have tried to donate our time and do want to help and invest in one form or another to make sure that things are set the right way. But I think long-term it, it, it's hard not to see it being a success, but in the short term, in the next few years, it's going to be a
2: lot of work to to get it there. So Zach, what advice would you have for someone who's interested in opening a cannabis business in New York? First, good luck.
0: <laughs> Secondly, real estate location is, is key. So make sure you have a good location because that's going to be everything. It's just like any other retail operation on that front. Again, not to go full accounting nerd on this thing, but make sure you know how you're going to run your business. So get your QuickBooks set up, make sure that you have your Hyper set up, you know, that that's in place, of course. But just know what you're going to sell, how you're going to sell it, who's going to be doing what. And at the end of the day, how does this thing make money? Making sure that you can fundamentally answer those questions. It sounds silly, but a lot of operators don't necessarily Answer that at a specific level. How does this thing become successful? How, asking yourself, what do you consider to be a success? You know, we talked about culture a little bit. How are you going to define that? Because there's a whole lot of ways to approach. There's all sorts of different target demographics. Inventory makes a big difference on how you target different demographics because you can't sell everything. You know, there's just frankly not enough inventory, and there's not enough cash, honestly, to to sell everything. So. what do you want your story to be
2: ultimately? That's really good advice. It's so important to, from the beginning, think about what, what, what type of a story do you want to tell with your brand, with, you know, your employees, every, every part of it,
0: making sure that you, uh, understand what your story
2: is going to be. And then
0: we can build a financial model off of that. We can make sure your, your taxes are handled the right way, but before we can even get that far, you need to be able to tell your own story.
2: You kind of hinted at the fact that you're kind of a tech nerd. I am as well. And you work in crypto and blockchain. So is there any sort of crossover for the crypto blockchain industry with legal cannabis? And I'm going to put that caveat of legal cannabis because I know there's lots with the illegal market, but can you see a future where crypto and blockchain and these technologies that can create you know, a sense of security can be used in legal cannabis?
0: Well, you just hit on an awesome point and security is a very interesting part there. So the crypto side, I'm sure many groups will continue to try to figure that part out. And I would certainly put a pin in that. But from utilizing blockchain technology, there are some very interesting areas there where if I were a state authority, I'd be paying very close attention to how to set up a proper blockchain network and to utilize it for things like compliance to ensure that reporting is done in a timely manner. A blockchain is an instantly auditable and publicly viewable ledger. All you need to do is manage the endpoints. If you're the state, you got one, you're, you are one of the endpoints. And then just making sure that on the other side, you can properly identify them. And that becomes a very, very interesting tool.
2: We use cash for so much of what we do in cannabis and there's no way to track the cash. There's no way to track, you know, where that came from, where it's going, where, the blockchain you really can track every single step of that transaction i've
0: told this story in the past but i'll give it one more go very early on in my my cannabis career I had a group where they were very successful and they bought a bank branch for the vault itself and you walk in and there's tens of millions of dollars in cash stacked from floor to ceiling Yeah, you know, they want you to get comfortable with just the sheer volume of cash that's in there but that's not the easiest thing in the world to do and and just think about it logically how easy it'd be for someone to just you know, whoop right off the top. So moving away from that. And I know things like the Safe Banking Act should theoretically help on that front. And legislation like that, it you know, it's a small step in that direction. But there's gonna be some better answers, I think, in hopefully the near term. Those are the little things that, that I look forward to.
2: Now we'll keep our future hats on. So what do you kind of see as the future of the cannabis industry? And what are you and propeller industries kind of? doing to position yourself as a leader in the industry as, as it moves forward towards the future? So in the future, I, I think there will be uh, quite a bit of M&A as we are
0: dealing with a lot of very inexperienced or relatively inexperienced business owners and operators, and they, they will need help, especially as this begins to scale up. And it's just the natural cycle to, to these things. So after that sort of moratorium period is up, especially in New York and New Jersey, you're going to see some some changes here and of course federal and state laws as they they come into play will certainly be interesting to watch on top of that from our side honestly we want to help you know as corny as that sounds i'd like to think i have a pretty vested interest in making sure that this industry continues to grow it's it, it's been a long time in and i i would like to believe that you know as a profession cpas have made a a small and positive impact and that we will continue to do so
2: this is the last question i always ask people but what is you, know, you worked with so many different dispensaries and businesses and in all different sectors so what's one tip you would have for a dispensary owner to grow their business we talked about it before it's it's your brand it's know your story and developing
0: a positive culture really it rubs off on people good or bad if, if you are telling your story the right way not only what you present to the public but in-house and also that that does feed through to, to us as well so we want to develop those proper working relationships and end of the day we want to make sure the numbers are right so that a little less stress a little more positive feelings in in the uh in the dispensary and that things are always moving in the right direction
2: well and those brand stories are so important like i know you could probably think of a handful of brands that are really true to the story that they're telling and then you when you get the chance to talk to them you're like oh this is like in, in in bread in everything they do and that's why they are successful the way they are it really makes a difference
0: and it's not something you can necessarily manufacture and of course you can bring in the right strategists, you can bring in the right consultants the you know the right professionals to craft and distribute the story but it yeah, especially in this industry it, it's your story
2: and again it all comes back to having fun here so how can people connect with you and propeller? Like maybe there are some businesses that are now growing to that size that they're like, ah, we need help. We're, we're, we're too big for our bookkeeper, but we're not quite at that level that we're ready to you know, bring on a CFO and do all of that. How can people reach out to you, connect with you, and find out more about what you guys are doing?
0: Yeah. So our, our website, propellerindustries.com. I can always be reached at uh, Z Gordon, Z-G-O-R-D-O-N, at propellerindustries.com, on social at Zach Gordon CPA. I don't know if I could get a a nerdier handle than that, but I I think I found it. If there's technical questions, we have hotlines set up through the New York State Society of CPAs and through the AICPA as well. However you want to reach out, feel free to. We're certainly not going to charge. I'm not worried about a billable hour to go through something if there's a real concern. So at the end of the day, we really do want to help here.
2: Zach, it's been so fantastic to be able to talk to you and you know hear your insights and as a fellow corny person as well I'll, I'll own it too like i really believe in those like those things those mantras almost of like you know having that growth mindset and telling the story and and it's it really does make a difference so i i appreciate you just putting them out there and yeah it, this has been a lot of fun
0: no I'm, I'm so glad to be here and uh glad we could uh, be corny together
2: Again, going back to that brand story, what are you telling? What story are you telling with your business, with your cannabis business? What type of a story are you telling in the local community? What do people know about that dispensary that is down the street? Is it one that's reaching out into the community? Is it one that's reflecting community values? Or is it one that's just there to sell weed? We have to do better than that. We have to tell a story through our businesses, whether we're cultivators, whether we're ancillary businesses like Kaya Push that are just there to help people do what they love. And and that's the crazy thing about Kaya Push is that our goal is to help a million retailers do what they love. And that really is our end goal. And Zach's encouragement of telling that brand story and being authentic to who you are, your company is going to grow, your company is going to thrive, it's going to succeed. And so again, I want to thank Zach Gordon from Propeller Industries for his time, for his insights, and uh, for his, you know, on the ground knowledge of New York and the industry that's happening there in New Jersey. And, you know, he works in states all across the United States. So reach out to Zach. We'll have all of his links in the bio. And I also want to thank you for listening to the Cast podcast. It's been cool to see all the people that are really learning and growing and and how these conversations that I'm having in my basement are transforming businesses. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to check out some of our past interviews, especially if there's specific accounting questions you have. We've talked to Cultivate Consulting. We've talked to, you know, different bookkeepers. We've talked to our dear friend uh, at NACAT Pros, Naomi Granger. And, you know, there's so many people working in this industry to to, to make it a better place to work, a better place to have a business. And so tune in every week to the Kaya Cast podcast for more interviews like this.
1: Thanks for listening to the Kaya Cast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app or visit our website to learn more about our guests and to access the full archive of episodes from the show. Join us next time as we continue to explore the world of cannabis and help you grow, launch, and scale your business.